0: I think that I am going to stop making predictions on how many goals are going to be scored in a game because apparently I keep getting them wrong. We're going to talk about last night's game against the Ottawa Senators, and we're going to check in on our third first round pick of last draft, Carson Kuhlman's, and see how his season ended at the University of Wisconsin. That is all coming up today on Locked On Blue Jackets. Locked On Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Well, the Blue Jackets lose two to one in a shootout against the Ottawa Senators. Blue Jackets drop to uh, I believe four and three on shootouts in the season it sure was a game of hockey that was played uh i was actually listening to the episode i did yesterday this morning about how much of a chaos mess game this was going to be and uh honestly i kind of got it half right i think uh it was a very kind of chaotic and incompetent game but there wasn't nearly as much mess as i hoped so uh we're gonna talk about that before we get started this is of course locked on Blue Jackets. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I am your host, Jay Foster. And I am super glad that you are here with me as I uh, rant about just how incompetent the last 65 minutes of Blue Jackets Hockey were. Because it was a whole lot. Like I said, they dropped the game to the Ottawa Senators, 2-1 in a shootout. They They were one thing up with, I believe, eight minutes left in the game. Uh, they allow a goal, and uh, that's kind of the end of the game. It's not really the end of the game, but uh, it was. Considering they had a pretty strong start, it did go extremely downhill. Um, Jack Rosovic scores his 20th of the season. Uh, I talked about this on Twitter a little bit. He's the fourth Blue Jackets player to hit the 20 goal mark this season. The last time the Blue Jackets had. Uh, more than two 20-goal scorers in a season was the 1819 season, where they had seven. However, I am including Matt Duchesne and Ryan Zingle in that, both of whom who were trade, di- trade deadline pickups and therefore probably did not score all 30 of their goals with the Blue Jackets. But uh, they still had five 20-goal scorers that were with them for the entire season. So, uh, first time that that's happened... In a while, first time the had four 20 goal scorers since then, there's still a chance that they could hit five. Uh, Gus Nyquist is sitting on 17 goals on the season, and then I believe beneath that is uh Cole Sillinger. So, unless Cole Sillinger goes crazy and scores six goals in the last like five games of the season or last four games, then uh, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. I think Gus Nyquist could do it, uh, there's still plenty of time left to do that Uh, the blue jackets have got four games left so uh that's you know a goal a game and then one to spare i think it's it's definitely doable that would be neat um but talking about the talking about the game itself just uh, the goalies deserve a lot of credit in this game for keeping it as low scoring as it did not because the teams were playing well just because there was a lot of like I said, incompetence. Um, defense was optional on both ta- both sides. Uh, the penalty calling was atrocious on both sides. Uh, the there was like one legitimate penalty called all game, and it was the one against um, Carl Sillinger right at the end of the third period. But the Gustav Nyquist trip was not a trip uh i would have argued that austin watson's interference call was not an interference call but i mean like i said i don't i don't call the penalties i just yell about them afterwards um so some interesting officiating despite that only two goals were scored two real goals and then a shootout goal which i guess counts as a goal but i don't know if it counts as a goal in the actual stats of the of the season so i don't think it does um but yeah, like I said, it was it was just there was like three competent players total. Um, one of them was was Jack Rosolovic, who, like I said, scored his twentieth of the season. Really good to see that second power play unit was uh, kind of by necessity and by necessity all children. Um, it was Rosolovic, just a Danforth, Cole Sillinger, Ken Johnson, and Nick Blankenberg. So four rookies and veteran jack rostovic who's like 24 25 so uh that's that's fine um i think mostly because everyone is injured but i did really like that power play unit i thought it was much more effective than the first power play unit. obviously they scored on that one attempt they didn't score on the second attempt but they came real close um really good to see as well the uh while well, i'm talking about the the babies the cole cylinder ken johnson just down fourth line was extremely good uh cole Cylinder came this close to scoring like three times in the game. Kent Johnson was about an inch away from scoring his first NHL goal. He set a shot off the crossbar after just making a ridiculous move in the slot to uh, get that shot away. Ended up getting a second secondary assist, so he's at two points in his last two games, which is really good, really fun. Um, and that was kind of that was kind of it for the Blue Jackets. Uh, I do still think that the Nyquist. Uh, Nyquist, Rostovic, Bjorkstrand line, lots of fun. Probably, objectively has probably the best of the underlying stats in the in the Blue Jackets game. I don't know if it was good, but it was probably the best that they have, which is very two different two very different things when you look at the Blue Jackets underlying stats. But. You know, I spent a bunch of time yesterday talking about or the day before talking about Gus Nyquist and how good he's been this season. Jack Krosovic obviously is not slowing down. He's really taking advantage of this uh number one center spot. Uh I thought he might drop off a little bit with Line being out, but now he's taking full advantage of being between Bjorkstrand and Nyquist. And that line was, like I said, that was just a lot of a lot of fun. Um and it was it should probably have gotten more offense than it did but no one really got much of any offense there was a lot of shots but i don't think there was a lot of scoring chances uh in a minute we're going to take a look at the the rest of the game uh that third period we're going to talk about how the blue jackets got an entire season's worth of carbon retribution in one offside call first i was tell you about shady rays because i love shady rays Uh, I am new to the Shady Ray's brand, and uh, if you don't know who they are, they're an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed, and durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also, something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Ray's insane protection program. Shady Ray's includes lost and broken protection on every pair, and they will send you a brand new pair if you lose them, no matter what happened. So give them a try, and if you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, this is really cool, when you shop with Shady Rays, they will donate 10 meals to Fight Hunger in America every single time. And exclusively for our listeners, if you head to ShadyRays.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, on or one word, to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That is code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for their best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Ray sunglasses. And Shady Race is backed by over 150,000 verified five-star reviews. I keep meaning to, to wear my Shady rays when I do these ad reads because I got mine in the post a couple of weeks ago, and I love them. However, they, uh, they are not here right now. I left them at work, but it's fine. Um, speaking of work, the Blue Jackets video coach has been putting in the work all season and uh another i think if they'd won this game it would have been an mvp moment for dan singleton who got the kepi a couple of seasons ago for making an offside call on a, on what ended up being the game time goal that was disallowed and then it ended up being like the, the the that was the game-winning goal was the the goal that they were ahead by so he got the kepi for that uh he's been around for a while um Anyway, all of the preamble is is to say that the auto Senators scored, immediately got challenged, and I was like, "That's man, that's close." Well, it wasn't close. It was it was onside. In terms of basic, that puck was the first thing over the line. However, because of a weird rule thing, where um, the the broadcast explained it during one of the intermissions, I think, because it was a because they were tagging up. It wasn't like the initial puck going into the zone. It was the puck came out and they all went back in. Brady Kachuk was either getting on or off the ice into the zone. And even though he jumped and it wasn't, um, his feet went on the ice, it still counted as him being in the zone. So puck was offside. Goal did not count. The Blue to keep their one nothing lead. They lived to fight another period. Uh, Unfortunately, Brady Kachuk does Brady Kachuk things, Uh, just a really, really beautiful passing play from both Josh Norris and Drake Batherson, um, who uh, are guys that exist, Um, but yeah, that was nothing Elvis could do about that, I do have questions about what all of the Blue Jackets were doing on that passing play, apart from just kind of like standing and watching, Um, but it is what it is. Sometimes a guy just decides to, so, to score a goal, a really good, really good goal from Brady Kachuk. Uh, like I said, his 29th of the season. I also did like that the broadcast was immediately like, that's his 29th of the season. But his brother has 40 goals and 100 points over in Calgary, which uh, did make me laugh because even when you play on separate teams and your brother isn't even playing that night, you still cannot get away from your older brother. So I did think that was quite funny. Um, so tied. One one at the end of regulation. And then what follows was possibly the most incompetent overtime I have ever seen. Uh it was extremely fast-paced. Uh, I think there was like two or three whistles the entire time. Six shots total in those five minutes. Four for the Blue Jackets, two for the Senators. And it just kind of it went it was kinda of like watching pinball or um it was like kind of like watching junior hockey, actually well like junior junior like proper baby hockey when it's you know there aren't really any positions yet and it's just like a blob of children following a puck around and then the children all skate onto the puck and the puck pops out and all of the blob of children just follow the puck the other way um so that's that's how i felt about that over time uh unsurprised that no one really got it done and then you know the coin flip or the shootout as i believe is the official term uh as soon as Tim Stutzler started. I knew immediately. I was like, "Oh, that's that's going to be a goal." You just sometimes you can sense it. Um, and that was, in fact, a goal. The only goal of the shootouts. Uh, Jake Voracek almost scored. Honestly, all three of the Blue Jackets almost scored. I think um, the the second attempt by Nyquist went, I think, off the corner of a pad and just wide. One of those ones where Jeff Rimmer was like, he beat the goalie, but not and he didn't. He didn't beat the goalie. It bounced off of like the, it skimmed off the edge of his pads, I think. Um the the save on Vorachek was just a really, really nice, a really nice save. Uh, Philip Gustafson ended up making like 34 of 35 saves and then more in the shootout. He had a really, really good night. Um Elvis also had a really good night. He had one one save on six shots. So uh Both goalies, very good because neither team could remember how to score. Um, A disappointing and frustrating loss, I think. But on the other hand, uh, now that the Blue Jackets are, you know, officially out of the playoffs, you can kind of pay a little bit of attention to the standings in terms of, well, what's the draft position look like? And we talked about this a little bit yesterday. But that win for Ottawa, I believe, Will either kept them above or pushed them above the Blackhawks uh, in? It kept them above the Blackhawks. They're now four points clear, so it's unlikely that the Blackhawks, uh, uh, do, 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 the Blackhawks cannot finish higher than 25th in the league right mm-hmm. now. So they are basically guaranteed. I think it, they're basically they basically guaranteed to be in the top 10. I think. It, could be a top five finish for them which is great for us as long as they don't get one or two then we're in the clear um so you know yeah it's suck to lose suck to lose to ottawa but in the grand scheme of things we want teams to be above chicago ideally we want teams to be above the blue jackets if the blue jackets can manage to slip below anaheim then they have a shot of that first overall But if not, I think it's probably pretty safe to say that they are not finishing above New York, uh, the Islanders or the Winnipeg Jets, who are just above them in the standing. And so they're still in the mix with the second overall pick, which could be could be fun and cool. Um, In terms of that game, it sure was a game. It would have been nice to win. And I do think that that was the most winnable game the Blue Jackets had remaining in their schedule. Uh, the Blue Jackets have four games left. They've got one against Edmonton. They have got two against Tampa Bay. And they've got one against Pittsburgh. They have to play Tampa Bay and Pittsburgh back to back, which frankly seems unfair. Um, I think the Blue Jackets could probably win one of those games just because hockey is dumb. Like they might go crazy and win two, three, four of them. I don't think so. But uh, my money is on the Blue Jackets playing spoiler to the Tampa Bay Lightning, which would be fun and neat and uh that's kind of yeah that's kind of the the, all of the the hard-hitting analysis I have for that terrible terrible game um in a minute we're gonna check in on Corson Kuhlemans who is uh the third member of the first round draft class of the Blue Jackets last draft obviously we've seen Ken Johnson and Cole Sillinger on the ice together so let's uh I thought we would check in on Carson Kuhlman and see how his season ended up being. I don't think we'll see him in a Blue jacket sweater next season, but I thought it would be fun to check in on him. But First, I want to tell you about Bet Online And uh, my betting advice is don't take advice from me because clearly I don't know what I'm talking about. But the people who do know what they're talking about are all at betonline.net it is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information you can find all of the latest sports developments league reviews news including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the major league baseball season betonline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs esports and more head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action once again that is betonline.net and betonline is where game starts so let's talk let's talk Corson Coleman he just finished up his uh, freshman season at the university of wisconsin had a pretty good a pretty good season uh all things considered drafted 25th overall last season and uh he had 22 points in 34 games which for a defenseman is pretty is pretty good uh i would not be upset about that Um, like I said, first year at the University of Wisconsin, but uh, I would expect to see him go back for a sophomore year, potentially even a junior year. I don't think the Blue Jackets should rush him, Uh, especially, you know, the the signing of Nick Blankenberg, I think, has given them a little bit of wiggle room in terms of their defensive prospects. Um, You know, they can maybe keep guys like Jake Christiansen in the AHL for a little bit longer. They can keep Coulson Kuhlman in the NCAA a little bit longer. They're not in a hurry to rush their defensive prospects. Um, Especially, I feel like the Blue Jackets have gone from having a really deep defensive prospect pool over the last, like, maybe two or three seasons. It's kind of been whittled away a little bit, which is disappointing. But, like I said, the signing of Nick Blankenberg, kind of the emergence of Jake Christiansen, uh, picking up Jake Bean and Adam who hopefully will be able to stay healthy next season, you know, fingers crossed. I think they're starting to, to put the pieces back together, and I think it's it's given them a little bit of room to let Coolman develop at his own pace. Um, you know, we, we talked a little bit to Tony Ferrari about Ken Johnson, and, you know, should he have stayed in college for a season or not, or for another season, you know, gone back, done his junior year, and been, like, the guy at the University of Michigan. Um, cause I believe of the, of the, the guys of the draft picks in the first round this season or last season, I guess, I believe only Luke Hughes and Samoskovich are returning to, uh, Michigan. So, you know, he could, he had a real chance to be the guy there, decided to go pro seems to be doing, doing well. Um, like that, like I said, the, the Sillinger, Johnson, Danforth line, a lot of fun. I would love to be awkward on that line just to really see what they could do. But uh, I don't think, I don't think Kuhlman's is there yet. I don't know that he'll be there by the end of next season. Uh, but hopefully, you know, he continues to grow and develop and, uh, we'll, uh, we'll see how he keeps on, keeps on going. Uh, like I said, he had a pretty good season. the University of Wisconsin. Um, Every time I kind of checked in I was impressed with what I was seeing. I didn't watch a ton of the the University of Wisconsin games this season because there's only so much college hockey that I can watch because I also watch the NHL and the AHL and the local leagues over here in England and there's so much hockey all of the time. But anytime I did catch a University of Wisconsin game, Kuhlman's impressed me. So uh, the future feels pretty bright, him specifically for the Blue Jackets defensive pool, uh, I still would like it if they drafted a uh, a defenseman with their lower of the two or the higher of the two picks in the draft. You know, I talked a little bit about this last week, I think, but if they could manage to swing Juracek uh, with the Chicago pick, I would be thrilled. I think that's that is a guy that you build around. That is a guy that you can put next to Zach Gorensky maybe not this upcoming season but next season um you know for all seth Jones' faults i think the blue jackets have struggled to replace him on that top pairing with zach gransky zach Ransky needs a guy to be paired with uh, i've liked seeing him with jake bean i've liked seeing him with boquist um he briefly was with andrew peak i think just by dint of Andrew Peak being the only other healthy ish defenseman that wasn't Vladislav gavrikov but I think he's much more suited to being kind of a, a second pairing guy. So to have a guy at like Irochek come in and play with Zach Wansky would be super cool. Um and then, you know, two years down the line, bring corson Kuhlman's in, see where see where he's at, see what kind of shape the the defense is in. But I'm not I'm not looking to see him in a blue-jacket sweater anytime soon, but I will be keeping an eye on him and uh, Hopefully, he continues to develop and grow. And uh, that's all I've got for today. But speaking of prospects, I will be sitting down later today, actually, with uh, Patrick Bexell, who is a Habs Eyes on the Prize draft correspondent. He mostly pays attention to the European prospects, so we're going to be sitting down with him to talk about uh, the draft-eligible Geogardens prospects, uh, Liam Ogren, Noah Osland, and Jonathan Le Obviously, already talked about Callie O'Delius. So to get the uh, the other three Giro Garden's prospects will be uh, fun to talk to. And uh, we're going to really ramp up our draft coverage as the season starts to wind down. Hopefully, I would like to have 20 to 25 prospect profiles done by the time the draft rolls around. Uh, the lottery is on May 10th, so we'll know much more about where the Blue Jackets are likely to draft in a couple of weeks, which is very exciting. but. Uh, like I said, that's all I've got for today. Tomorrow, we'll be talking to Patrick about one of the Swedish draft prospects. Thank you for listening to lots on Blue Jackets or watching Logs on Blue Jackets. If you are over on YouTube, I've been Jay Foster. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. If you are watching on YouTube, then my username is right down here. If you are having trouble spelling it, and uh, you can find Locked on Blue Jacket over at LO underscore Blue Jacket. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on YouTube. We are free and available on all platforms. So make sure you check us out, whatever your preferred medium is. I am uh, going to finish up. I am going to go and enjoy the sunshine. I hope that you also have wonderful weather where you are. And until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on.